Welcome to the Successful Farming Podcast. I'm Jody Henke. There's a five-letter word that crop producers have been muttering a lot this year, weeds. And they're probably more than usual sprouting up in corn and soybean fields. The delays in planting this past spring got the headlines, but another issue with prolonged rain and soggy fields was the inability to manage weeds. Areas that were flooded and other bare spots are prime locations for these pesky plants to thrive, and even planted acres may have a bumper crop. Well, joining me on this podcast is Megan Anderson, who is an extension field agronomist at Iowa State University. Thanks for joining me, Megan. And first off, let's talk about how this year's weather has impacted control of weed populations and fields. And are there any particular weeds that producers have found to be especially ornery this year? Yeah, thanks for having me. So I would say that this year has been particularly difficult as it as far as it goes for weed control, especially because of the way the spring sort of impacted planting and the inability to get out into fields in a timely manner. Farmers were really doing things in a much more crunched time frame and trying to get a lot of things all done at once. So, you know, this is the first year in, I think, many people's memories where there are people who on June 5th were planting soybeans and trying to side dress nitrogen or spray a post-application of a herbicide in a cornfield at the same time. And that was widespread, much more so than it typically is. So in a lot of cases, we got kind of behind on the weeds just because other priorities creeped up sort of to the front of the list of things to get done. And when we were behind to begin with, it sort of follows us through the entire growing season. There are a lot of weeds that farmers have trouble with, but given our herbicide sort of reliant system that we have right now, the ones that typically cause the most problem for farmers are the ones that have the greatest level of herbicide resistance. So at least in Iowa, those are going to be things like water hemp, mare's tail and giant ragweed. So even, you know, the winter annuals, if we couldn't get out there early in the spring to get them killed or last fall to get them killed because this weather has been persistent, you know, those have been especially difficult because we've been behind the eight ball the whole time. So that mare's tail has been really bad. But water hemp and giant ragweed also have a lot of herbicide resistance. So those ones have been bad as well. We've probably got some real frankenweeds out there with the excellent conditions for them to grow in. Yeah. And, you know, we can do a pretty good job of cleaning things up or at least making an attempt to do so. But my phone has just been dominated with calls asking about, you know, is there anything we can do? Because it's this time of year that you really start to see that water hemp kind of peak above the soybean canopy. So things look really good maybe through early to mid-July. And then it's when those rows are closed or nearly closed. And it's almost like they've come back to life, right? They're like Frankenstein's monster. They've come back above the soybean canopy. Just when you thought that things looked really good, you start to really see how kind of dirty some of those fields are. Well, when we come back, we'll talk about the importance of knowing what weeds you have before you take action and what that action should be. Stay tuned. Farming isn't just farming. Farming is science. Farming is technology. That means it's always changing. So how exactly do you stay up on things when you're already busy? Simple. Just listen to Aspire to Be, the new podcast from The Mosaic Company. Join host Wayne Carlson as he talks to experts from all over agriculture. They'll break down their inside knowledge into easy-to-get, no-nonsense ways that translate right to your operation. 
Knowledge is power, and luckily, all it takes is listening. So give the podcast a download at aspire2bpodcast.com. That's aspire, the number two, the letter B, podcast.com. Brought to you by The Mosaic Company. Megan, why is it so important that you know specifically what weeds you're dealing with rather than a blanket herbicide approach? Well, there are a few reasons. Our herbicides are really good at managing a pretty broad spectrum of weeds that we have, but I always get phone calls every single year about wanting to identify certain weeds, and typically it's because they have survived a herbicide application, and and they weren't expecting those weeds to do that. So it's really important that we sort of know what our enemy is up front. You know what you're battling so that you can plan an appropriate program that's going to provide you control from the start because it's always harder to go back and try and control those weeds when they're out of the ground, when they're 12 inches tall, and you've just figured out what species it is and you're way behind the eight ball trying to get management of it in your fields. Um, Another thing is, is that it's really important to know what weeds you have as well as what herbicide resistances might exist out in your crop fields. So you have to start with proper identification of whatever pest it is that you're dealing with. And then you need to know, at least at this point, a little bit about your history or where that seed might have come from, what it's been exposed to in the past. And that will help you make an educated decision on what type of herbicide program, what type of weed management program is going to work the best against it. At this time of the year, is there a trick to taking advantage of a weed's life cycle at this point? I would say that we are going to be too late for most management options in our crop fields. However, in pastures, we can be thinking about fall treatment of perennial weeds, right? So in most of our crop fields, we have annual weeds that we deal with and maybe a few perennials that show up every once in a while and some biennials. But biennials and perennials fall is a fantastic time to treat for them. The other thing is, is that there are some species that are known to hold on to their seed really late in the fall. So a lot of species, like I can think of grasses, you know, we see things like the foxtails and we can actually watch them drop their seed and they drop their seed fairly early in the fall. But there are other species, particularly water hemp and palmer amaranth, that hold on to a lot of their seed late into the fall. So I always tell farmers, think about when you're sitting in the cab of that combine and that combine doing such a good job of not only eating up your crop, but it goes and it's taken in those weeds, especially when you're harvesting soybeans, and you're maybe getting a little bit of that seed in the combine, but most of it's coming right back out the back end and you're spreading it out everywhere in that field. So that little patch of water hemp that you had that you figured was not a big deal because the combine will go through it just fine, it now becomes a much bigger patch of water hemp, and who knows what sort of resistances are persisting in that field now. So what can uh, farmers do in this case if they've got it running rampant and they've got to get out and harvest? Are they just out of luck this year? Well, I'd say they're not necessarily out of luck, but they're out of any type of convenient option. So in the fall, we can always go out and still do hand weeding, right? It actually gets a little bit easier once the soybeans start to drop their leaves. I hate scouting soybeans and walking through bean fields because there are leaves everywhere. Um, But once they start to drop those leaves, it becomes easier to walk out in those fields. So they could actually do some hand removal prior to harvest. I've also spoken to farmers who actually carry a big trash can on their combine, 
and they will actually stop the combine when they come across, you know, one or two errant weeds. If you've got weeds everywhere, that's probably not practical. But I do talk to farmers that they'll stop and they'll get out and they'll pick that weed up and they'll put it in their trash can on their combine. And then the final option is to consider what you can actually do with the combine to either avoid harvesting those weeds or at least to limit the spread of them. When we come back, we'll talk sanitation with the combine, how it might be spreading weed seeds and what else you can do to prevent that from happening. Farming isn't just farming. Farming is science. Farming is technology. That means it's always changing. So how exactly do you stay up on things when you're already busy? Simple. Just listen to Aspire to Be, the new podcast from The Mosaic Company. Join host Wayne Carlson as he talks to experts from all over agriculture. They'll break down their inside knowledge into easy-to-get, no-nonsense ways that translate right to your operation. Knowledge is power, and luckily, all it takes is listening. So give the podcast a download at aspire2bpodcast.com. That's aspire, the number two, the letter B, podcast.com. Brought to you by The Mosaic Company. Megan, there's a lot of material still inside the combine after harvest, and taking the time to clean it out can help reduce the spread of weed seeds from one field to another. Are there specific places in the machine that you should focus on? I would say that for most people harvesting fields, right, the easiest thing is going to be to change harvest order to start with. So rather than cleaning out the combine, which is going to be complicated and will take a little time and sometimes be sort of frustrating, one thing that's really good is if you've got one or two fields, it's a total weed control failure, is if you can change the harvest order and harvest those fields last, or at least before there might be a break in your combining so that you can do a more thorough clean out, that's a good practice. If you are going to harvest through a field that has maybe patches of weeds, so maybe we talked about those drowned out spots, if you can avoid harvesting straight through those drowned out spots, that is a fantastic practice, right? Let's just avoid putting all that weed seed through the machine. And then the next practice is before you leave a field where you've had a weed issue that you do not want to carry on to another field, you can do that brief clean out. So it's nice if you can get the head off the machine and clean the head separately. A lot of weed seed will shatter on a soybean head. Also, several things you can do. First of which, it's nice if you can get the head off because you can clean that separately and blow it off preferably um, with something like a leaf blower or an air compressor. That's a really nice way to clean it off. The other thing you can do is before you leave the field, after you've emptied out the machine, if you can just continue running the unloading auger for at least a minute or two, that can help move more material through that machine and help get things out that maybe would have been hung up in some places. Definitely checking things like the rock trap the clean grain and the tailings elevators, as well as the unloading auger sump. You can open all those up and that allows you to get prepared for what we would call basically a self-cleaning. So when you open up all those trap doors, then you can get back in the machine and make sure everybody's away and you can basically turn the cleaning shoe fan up to full speed. You can open and close the cleaning shoe sieves. And you can adjust the rotor to full speed. And basically what that allows the combine to do is to sort of knock material out of the machine by itself. Another method that I've seen is that people will actually leave the head on and they will throw straw 
into the machine and run that through the machine in the same kind of fashion to try and help it dislodge material. Something else that you could do is just drive the machine while you're doing this kind of self-cleaning over some rough or bumpy ground in order to try and help dislodge more material from it. Okay. So other than that, just blowing off the outside of the machine. So places where material gets hung up, the head, the feeder house, and then the rear of the machine, the axle and the straw spreader. After harvest, and especially if you've avoided those areas with those large weed patches, anything you can do or do you have to wait till spring? Oh, that's a really good question. (laughs) Um, For most weed species, there's not really anything that you would be able to do in the fall other than if somebody was intending to bury weed seed. But what we've actually seen is that we have a lot of, I'll call them critters, small rodents and insects in our crop fields that will actually do some what we call predation And they can help take care of some weed seed that's on the surface of the soil. So there's actually quite a large percentage of our weed seed that's eaten by these predators. And so maybe leaving that weed seed on the surface of the soil isn't such a bad thing. There are a few weed species, particularly winter annuals, that will be present in the fall that after harvest we may actually be able to manage. And that's one of the easiest times to control them if we're trying to use a herbicide to do it. So... People who have trouble with mare's tail or horseweed, Canisa canadensis, I have been suggesting more recently that people go out after harvest, if they've got the time, scout their fields to look for the rosettes, the small seedling of those species. And if they've got them out in that field and they know they have problems with them, um, that's a great time to try and control those weeds. For most other species like water hemp and palmer amaranth and giant ragweed, we really have to wait till the next spring to try and do anything to control them. And hopefully next spring will be a little kinder <laughs> to our planting processes. Yes, I hope this fall is kinder and I hope next spring is kinder as well, but we'll try to prepare as best we can. Great. Megan, do you have any other tips for us on weeds during the harvest and what else you can do? I think that harvest is a really great time to kind of do the final look over of your crop field, right? Once we've harvested our field, you know, we kind of start with what seems to be a clean slate. But when you're out there in a combine and maybe you've got your machinery doing a lot of the good work for you, that's a really great opportunity to get a good overview of all your acres and maybe see how your weed control really did this year. So I always encourage people when you're in the combine and you're seeing how things are, maybe keep a notepad with you and jot some notes down about how things looked in that field or if you're noticing particular weeds. If you haven't had a velvet leaf problem in 20 years and all of a sudden you've got a bean field that there's just velvet leaf all over that field, it might be something to take a good note on and make sure you remember that for next year. Megan Anderson, thanks again for sharing your expertise with us. For Successful Farming, I'm Jody Henke. 